Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another Breakdown Bonus episode. Guess who came back for another episode? I like how I just get like all this applause when I come back onto the show. I'm okay. I need the public to know I'm okay. <laughs> Lexi doing the bare minimum. I'm not doing the bare minimum. I'm going through a breakup. Do you, do you want a theme song? I'll make you a theme song. Look, Abby, a lot Next. of the people who like come back on your come to your podcast usually are like, one, not in the breakup or two are like past it enough where they want to talk shit about it. Me, I'm like going through it and not ready to talk about it. All right? Lexi's in the trenches. Here we go. The Lexi, trenches. the Disney adult coming to spill the tea on her breakup. The, uh, what was I thinking of? Jurassic Park. Lexi's been back for two episodes and I've already forgotten about coworker Justin. Sorry. And coworker Justin, Sorry, Justin is back. <laughs> it's just, you know, right. people love me. It's fine. This week was um, very interesting because we got to dive sort of into the world of cults or as I have now been educated, the world of high controlled groups. Oops. We'll learn about that later when you hear the interview from a licensed clinical social worker who was actually in a cult. Whoa. Well, cult, the, wait, like cult, like, like a religious cult. Yeah. Like Scientology type cult. Like, I think so. Not like a, we all live on the same compound type of cult, mm-hmm. but like you show up and it's a high controlled group. Okay. Wow. Cause I've, I've watched that documentary about Scientology and that stuff's crazy. If half of that is going on, then, then not you already fun. know it's, but it was a very interesting conversation. So make sure you wait till the end to hear it. Cause it's super, super interesting, but also check content warnings. I'm going to list those in the episode description. Check them out if you want to make sure you don't hear anything uh, that you don't want to. But first, I think I'm getting ghosted by our merch company. But anyway, I'll tell you what. Not that hot girl on the internet getting ghosted. <laughs> but I will let you know what I do have planned. Of course, you know, we had to do a coworker Justin Cropped hoodie. What does it say? I put out these logos that I designed a couple weeks ago on the Instagram. I had people vote. I was like, which ones okay. are your favorite? Yeah. So I basically put those logos on different pieces of merchandise because I was like, okay, I know this is what people think is cute. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But <laughs> The cropped hoodie is black and it has the word heartbreaker on it with red, or it's either red or pink lips as like the E. See, I feel like that's less of what I can wear now. Oh, you're, we're Why? making you no, wear it. You're going to wear one. I mean, of course I'm going to wear one, but like. Wow, he, save that sound bite. He said, of course I'm going to wear it. If you refuse to wear it when one comes in the mail, I no, swear. What I'm more worried about is like, okay, if I bring that home, then Nicole's going to be like, what the hell? Yeah, it's <laughs> she, she, she she of coworker Justin. Yeah, yeah like, what is no. this? Listen, I don't know. I feel like there, I don't know. I feel like there's a ghosting joke somewhere on the hoodie that could be placed. Like, Wait. it's blank, but then, like, I don't know, like, it's a subtle or left like, on red. Yeah, it's just me, a whole blank hoodie. Coworker yeah, Justin like, left me on red. But when you're in glow, <laughs> when you're, <laughs> and it's a glow-in-the-dark hoodie and there's, like, a revealing message when oh, you're, like, turn the lights go. off. There you go. You guys think I have, like, billions of dollars? I <laughs> Clearly made, not the company's ghosting you. I really have tried to, like, make it just, like, good, solid, basic. Like, if you like the podcast, I feel you like you yeah. will enjoy this merch. And then if you end up buying the stuff and we all realize, ooh, Heartbreaker merch, just like super cute. Maybe we'll do a second drop and we'll be a little ballsier. Ballsy, ballsy, let's go, oh, baby. <laughs> Listen, Justin, you you are picking the most expensive what are products <laughs> in this company because the crop hoodie is actually the most expensive option. Really? Which I was surprised about because it's like it's half, half of, the, of a shirt, half of a sweatshirt. <laughs> so it is the most expensive at fifty. 50. Off. If you still want.
want like a hoodie, there is going to be a regular hoodie available that I'm really excited about. I think this will be the most. The hoodie will be? I think the hoodie, the regular mm. hoodie will be the hottest ticket item because okay. I think it's something you could buy anybody, even if you don't necessarily listen to the podcast. I was trying to find an item that would be really cute to buy a friend who's going through a breakup or if you've recently gone through a breakup. Mm-hmm. It's a white hoodie that says in embroidered letters, not my ex's hoodie. Love so, it. So like when I'm you- Living get, for it. Yeah. Literally living for it. <laughs> it's well, really I think I cute. voted though. You what? I think I voted on it. My friends hated me for like the three <laughs> weeks I was designing merch. I was like, okay, focus group, assemble. Which do you think is the cutest? And that was what they said was the cutest. And so it's going to be it. embroidered. It's a nice soft- It'll be like holiday ones. Like you could do like a- <laughs> Listen, Justin. Listen, like, think about it. It's a hoodie that looks like a gift, like a gift wrapping, and on it says, "My presence is a gift." My presence is your present. Yeah, yeah. That, I wore that uh, to Christmas last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then the so that's before. not original. No, it's, it's not. not unfortunately, I really wore it last All year. All right. And then I also have two T-shirts. One is a comfort colors tee, and one is love like, comfort colors. Love a comfort colors. I think people are really gonna like the comfort colors one. It's like an off-white ecru, if you will, a vintage vibe. I, you lost me with comfort colors. Like, you don't you like know comfort colors. colors? Like, no, wow. is that a common it's knowledge like thing? Yes, were you shirt. not a college student? It was huge in, in college. I wore like basketball shirts and shorts. In I'm not college. putting you in charge of March anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, I'm not listening I to your ideas anymore. I mean, the crop top was just such but a good idea. on the idea, back it has, that, it. it has that, you know, Nicole Kidman thing that she says where it's like, somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this about uh, the movie theaters. On the back it says, somehow heartbreak feels good on a podcast like this. Uh, and then on the front it says in like really small letters, heartbreaker in like a cool like vintage font. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that has a logo I also had people vote on. And then on the back, it says women's rights and wrongs activist. <laughs> and on the front, it says heartbreaker. I have a mug available. It's the last one. I think the mug and the hoodie are going to be the two hot ticket items. One. Yeah. Yeah. The mug says heartbreaker. And then on the back, it says wake up and catch up on the breakup. Isn't that cute? Like wake up, catch up wait. on the breakup. Christmas list. Mom, this is my Christmas list. Yes. Bye. It all. Website. Although maybe it's not even going to be available. Who knows? I'll keep you updated on if they ever respond to my email. <laughs> Stop you. Yeah. Listen to me. But anyway, let's get into the breakdown of the episode because ooh, this one was a very unique story. A unique story to say the least. I always love when I just get completely shocked in an interview. There's always mm-hmm. a moment when it was the Thruple episode and she told me that her husband was smashing some other girl next to her. I was like, mouth drop moment. When I found out that her ex was in a cult, mouth drop moment. Yeah. Understanding how interviews are supposed to go, that's like every question goes out the brain and you're just like, <laughs> wait, what? I had to do like, like, I'm my so Google prepared Doc. and I'm like, I lost it. Yeah. I know. I was like, at this point, I have more questions for your ex. <laughs> Can we uh, get them on? Yeah, yeah, but I felt so bad because I felt like one of the, the wildest moments in this story was when she was talking about how he changed his Instagram handle to Rip Jared, which was the name of, well, not the actual name, but it was yeah. the name of um, their unborn child. That's like hardcore mental I can't warfare. Even, she, like, I heard about this and I like, I can't, I'm going to not be able to sleep at night. Like, who <laughs> does that? People are making Instagrams for baby names that aren't even like, that's crazy. Well, this was an unconceived child. I know, but that's even more messed up. It's so far down the line, child, like not even uh, an idea, like more than an idea, like a conversation Literally. probably. Yeah, it's a figment which, of your imagination at that point. Which, oh, is that a Disney reference? <laughs> no. Uh, well, I mean, maybe from Abby's One side. little spark. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Listen, Lexi's trying to plug her upcoming Disney podcast. It's coming She's like, under the Disfluence. Like, stay tuned. Under the Disfluence. <laughs> under the Disfluence. Coming to a podcast platform near you. Sorry, so like, I, had I feel moment. like, personally, I feel like that podcast would be all about like how they trick you in Disney. I mean, it's all. Are, are you doubting the magic? I'm not doubting the magic. I'm saying the magic is influencing All you. All right, Dis- other podcasts. Let's go. Break up. Weirdo made a Instagram for their unborn child. But what I would say about that too, like with the unborn child thing, like I feel like they had that conversation 
conversation really early on in their relationship. Two years is not that early But on. they're young is my point. Like, yeah, but you know when you're like in the lovey-dovey phase and if you're committed to someone for that long in college, like two years huh. is like four years. I understand that, but in college, if I'm dating and all of a sudden the girl's like, can't you just wait till little Jared's around? Immediately, like, I gotta- Why I does gotta, it freak you out? Why? I gotta go for a Explain walk. Explain to me why that freaks you out. What do you mean? Justin, I'm gay, so like- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're not talking baby names on the third date for me, this is going too slow and you're wasting my time. <laughs> I just, I, this is, we haven't even talked marriage. Like nervous even talking about it. Yeah, like I'm getting, I'm getting worked up. Listen, Justin, I know for a fact your wife has a notes app list. She does. And um, we've talked about it, but after I proposed. No. I guarantee you that list existed. Oh no, she's had the list. Yeah. But baby it was names. Like, I would like to <laughs> <laughs> just pulled out her notes app. Literally last updated uh, July even, of 2020. I, I would like to name my kid Ender. And what no. does Halsey oh, name her son? Halsey? Literally? No, 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 no I had this name Look before. At this. I've never even opened my How notes app. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally, no, wait, wait a second. I've never I have, opened my I notes app. 590 out. notes. What are you, what are you keeping taking in notes there? about? What are you not taking notes about? My grocery lists every week are in here. Oh, I, I just know what I need from the grocery store. Oh what do I God. have on my I'm I am so thrown off. 500 notes? These are a bunch of mess therapy notes. <laughs> <laughs> I have emails of people I need to reach out to for this podcast. Sure. And, and um, that's, but even that, I keep on like a Google Doc. I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just not that fancy to need a whole Google Doc to. Oh, yeah, apparently do you 500. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I need a little organization in my life. Anyway, back on topic. <laughs> Sorry. So I know we have all done something like a little unhinged. Like we can laugh about Rip Jared all day long, but we all have done something somewhat unhinged mm-hmm. post breakup. And I have to know what that was for you. Jesus Christ. You, I know you got a good oh, one. So. I totally, we all I know Lexi's really got a good one. Lexi's like, in the middle of I'm it like, right now. I'm still too much in the thick of it to share some of my dirty secrets. But <laughs> okay, I can think of one with a past relationship, not the relationship that just happened. But like when I was in college and me and my ex broke up and they moved to Florida. I stayed here. Now I'm in Florida. Well, I stayed in New York. Now I'm in Florida. We weren't talking. We were blocked on everything. Like Mm. she had like, I had no way of contacting her. I didn't know her address. I didn't know anything. Well, I knew she hung out with a girl we went to college with. I reached out to the girl we went to college with. I said, hey, I don't know if you know this, but like me and her like don't associate anymore. Like I didn't know if I mailed you a birthday present, if you could like ask her to hang out and then give it to her. And I wrote like this big long note and had all these birthday presents in a box and I mailed it to the friend who didn't even really talk to her and this friend had to go over to her house and be like hey Lex mailed me a birthday present and it was like all of these things like take me back take me back take me back Uh. I was desperate I'm like (laughs) how did that was pretty unhinged another thing I did and I talked about it on the podcast before and the pettiest thing is like I hated how my ex used to just like binge TV like I'd be like we should be like doing something Mm -hmm. like instead you're binging TV so I still had access to like her Netflix and things like that and I changed all her passwords so she couldn't get in that's so funny because I was like whatever like you don't want to spend your time with me so now you don't even get your streaming show. Yeah. <laughs> How did your ex respond to the birthday gifts? So I didn't get a response for a little while. And then I got like a package mailed to me like a couple of months later that had like a couple of my things in it. And then it had just like a little post-it that said like, good luck with everything, Lex. So it was like a we're done. A but post-it? now, yeah, now me and that ex are like friends now. Like it was in the past, like it, we were in college, like it's whatever. And I asked her, I was like, hey, like, how'd you feel getting that package? And she goes, I thought it was the weirdest fucking thing ever. (laughs) And I go, that's like really stupid because like I put my heart into that package. And a lot of money. You know how your parents send you like a care package? No, it's literally what I did. 
<laughs> and it was like off the rails, like message some friends. She goes, I didn't even like hang out with her. Like she just was like, we should get drinks soon. I haven't seen you in a while. Also, and then she's like, has package. this big birthday present from like, <laughs> and here's the thing. It's like, I've talked about this as like my first relationship in college. Like we didn't tell anybody. So it was like super mm. weird that I was yeah. so desperately mm. trying for this quote unquote friendship back yeah. when it was just my ex. Oh, oh no. It was messed up. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm okay. She's thriving now. It's okay. I'm okay. Unhinged is temporary. Cringe memories are forever. Yeah, you know. And I, social media will remind you of those things. Um, I've done some crazier stuff, but well. One day. Legally, one she day. can't talk Legally, about it. <laughs> the statute of limitations is not out yet. Yeah, right. Coworker Justin, what was it for you? I don't think it was anything like that. When I went to college, I had a long relationship in high school and we had broken up while I was in college. We had never like closed the doors on the relationship. So the way I would try to announce that I was coming home for the holidays, you know what I mean? Like, I like, oh, can't wait to go home. You know, I never post on Facebook. That was like the only time I'd ever <laughs> You were post. making uh, Facebook statuses? Because <laughs> my thought process was like, oh, she'll see it. Mm. And then we can hang out and be in a relationship for the month that I'm home. And then I'll go back to college and be single again. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. It's finally not a miserable temperature outside, which only means one thing. Summer is coming up. And let's make one thing clear. There is hibernation Abby and there is summer Abby. And summer Abby likes to feel light and healthy. That's why I've been trying out meals from Factor. They've got meals shipped to your house that are super easy to heat up in a jiffy. And you're probably like, ew, a refrigerated meal that must be so unhealthy and gross. No, I can confirm these are delicious. And they have so many different options like calorie smart, keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. You can also add on more than 60 add-ons every single week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. You get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factor's ready-to-eat meals, so you can get back to doing what you love this spring, and you don't have to clean anything up. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. If you're like me and the second you get home from work, you are ravenous. You are going to love these new meals I've been trying out from Factor. Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals that you can make in two minutes with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. It's so convenient. I have like grocery store ADHD. Anytime I go to like Publix or something, I'm buying everything. And then I come home with no meals. Whereas Factor, it's 
all the meal prep done for you. You've got 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. If you want to get started today and have a feel good week of meals ready to go, head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. Oh, that is cringe. And Facebook memories will remind you of that. Oh, I've deleted all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. My Facebook memories show me every single time I post about it. And my uncle, because I'm down here by the beach, which is what I want to be, where I grew up was not by the beach. And so my uncle would be like, why do you make these posts? Like, you hate it oh up there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, well, you know. It's even funnier because attention. you do come from like an obscure part of Pennsylvania. It's like, yeah. oh, I can't wait to go back to. <laughs> can't, can't wait back. Yeah, like Amish country. You know, like, I can't wait to go back to this area where I would post like, so excited to go home. And like everyone knew I wasn't. Like, okay, you're leaving the beach for Pennsylvania. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I feel like I've done the thing that just about every person, every girl specifically has done post breakup. For me, this was like a situationship where he stood me up. We were supposed to go on a date and he just mm. didn't show up. So I went out to the bar with my girlies mm-hmm. and I just posted a selfie with like every man in the bar onto my story. Love that. And you know what? No, it worked it. because an hour later he left his apartment to come out to the beach bars and I was going to like meet up with him. He just like was too stubborn to mm-hmm. I guess be like, oh, I'm at the bar next door. And I was like, okay, well, I'm here with Jared and Lawrence and Josh mm-hmm. and everyone else. So everyone if you want to see me. Lawrence. I know that game. Lawrence. I know Lawrence. that game. No, it was probably like Chad, Brad and Thad. I'm here with Jack, Brad, and John. <laughs> anyway. Whoa. Okay, well, there you go. Well, uh, now that we've we've talked about some of the crazier parts, I do want to get into a deeper part of the story, which was the fact that her ex had a history in the cult. So I brought on a licensed clinical social worker who has a history of being in a cult to talk about what that was like, what that experience is like leaving for people who are in entering relationships. It's an awesome conversation. So stay tuned to listen to it, but also check content warnings. Want to know what email I just got while we're on the pod before you stop recording. It's just funny. I just got an email from Tinder saying I can unlock my special offer today by getting Tinder gold for 50% off. <laughs> your phone is listening to my you. My phone's listening to me talk about breakup trauma on your podcast. Just wanted to put that out there. I am here with Katherine Schneider, LCSW, who's going to let us in to the mind of a former cult member. And you're not a former cult. You are? I am, actually. Oh so you were in a cult because my first question was going to be like, how does one become passionate about working with former cult members? I mean, there's a lot of people and I don't want to gatekeep by saying, if you don't get it, you don't get it. But there are some things, if you don't get it, you just don't get it. If you've never been told that you're a licked cupcake, you don't know what that means. What does that mean? (laughs) So there's a classic lesson that I got that many times where you'd be in like a class and they'd say, I have this cupcake. Would you like a cupcake? And it's like, yeah, sure. Who doesn't want a cupcake? And then they'd lick the cupcake and they'd say, okay, now do you want it? No. Well, that is what happens when you are not a virgin. You are a licked cupcake. <laughs> uh, so you were in a religious cult is what you're telling me. Yes, That's exactly who we talked about this week. They were in, uh, tell me if you've heard of it because I actually went on like a wild Google hunt search trying to find out more about this cult. His ex-girlfriend called it the Church of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Ghost cult. Anyway, I think it was really small because she said it was like six families that would just go to somebody's house. And so for me, I'm like, when I picture a cult, I'm thinking like Warren Jeffs, we're in like the cliffs of Utah. I don't even know if there are cliffs in Utah. So what, what <laughs> constitutes a cult? Could it just be me and my friends like obsessing over Taylor Swift? Is that a cult or is it like mm-hmm. are, what are the official guidelines? I prefer to use the term high control group because the term
term cult gets thrown around so much and which I understand, but at the same time, I think it takes away from really understanding just how serious of an issue it is. I think we have to look at it as a group that is exerting an inappropriate level of control over its members. So you might love Taylor Swift, but if Taylor Swift says that she needs 10% of your income or you're going to go to hell, are you going to give Taylor Swift 10% of your income? You may be doing that already, but is it because she's told you to? Mm, That's interesting because I am still a part of a regular non-denominational church and people kind of joke and call it a cult. Like they'll go in and see people, you know, singing the songs like that is such a cult. But I think that's a great way of showing that a cult really is all about control because that's actually something that was brought up in the episode where the ex-girlfriend was just sort of speculating on some of the issues that he was experiencing and the anxiety that he was having. She said, well, I don't think he really felt like he had a sense of control based off of his home life. And I thought that was an interesting thing to say. And I would wonder what your thoughts on that would be. Absolutely. In a cult or in high control group, yes, it's very much about control. And so often you'll have not every very, very nearly every aspect of life is about the group, is about conforming to their expectations. Steve Hassan has what he calls the bite model. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. That's how he defines cult. Stands for behavioral, informational, thought, and environmental control, if I'm remembering it correctly, which means different ways that a cult can seep into your life. I like that model, but I also look at it as a group that has a message. And what are you supposed to do with that message? Are you allowed to question that message? How much must you agree to it? Gotcha. So let's talk about how that could really cause anxiety for a person who's chosen to leave it. Like, where does that anxiety tend to stem from and how does it look like in somebody's life afterwards? That's a really great question and something that I see constantly and with my patients who are leaving groups where on the one hand, people are so excited to get out of a group to have control over their lives again. But it's almost like going from the kiddie pool to being thrown into the deep end with no floaties. Like what what the fuck am I supposed to do right now? You have gone from an extremely safe, controlled environment to having no control whatsoever. You know, for me, when I was leaving a group and I, I remember being in TJ Maxx with a friend and looking at clothes and I burst into tears because she's like, you can wear whatever you want. And I was like, I know. Where do, what do I want? What am I supposed to wear? How do I know that this dress is not going to make me a whore, make me a licked cupcake and is not going to be offending God so that I'm going to get hit by a bus. That affects every aspect of your life. Feels like an identity crisis. Yeah. Because when you have the rules laid out, you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to follow X, Y, and Z. And then when you wipe X, Y, and Z off the board, what's your moral compass at that point? Yes, exactly. Let's talk about entering in relationships now, because if you're going from a very controlled religious environment to now, what are the rules? What are some problems that could come up from that and having to create your own new rules and like what's morally correct for you in a relationship? Yeah, that's something that comes up a lot, especially I'm assuming this was a male female relationship. Yes. The person that was in a high controlled environment, as you put in the beginning, was a guy dating a girl. I don't know his particular group, but I'm going to go on a limb here and say there's probably some gender roles. Many groups have that. So there's expectations that you are brought up with. And one that's very common for men. And again, I know absolutely nothing about this couple. A very common one that I've known is that men are told to expect sex whenever they want. Once they're in a, once they're married or I guess now in a committed relationship, this is a prize that they're entitled to. And that can be incredibly controlling and shocking to come in to realize like, oh, that's, that's not a thing. Luckily, I don't think that was actually something that came up. I feel like if you are in a high controlled environment, when you leave it, you might have lingering bits of guilt and maybe wanting to go back. But it actually seemed like he was really comfortable breaking free. She actually Mm -hmm. mentioned and got vulnerable in the story and said that he didn't even mention that he hadn't kissed a girl or had sex before. He just like dove headfirst. I think it's interesting. I can imagine the average member of a group like this doesn't have such an easy time moving on from that. So what are some common problems that you find or you've seen in patients or yourself when they leave? One very big one is A, that you 
belong to yourself. Being in the high control group for seven years, I was constantly told that I belong to God, my body is God, follow God. There is a hymn that we sang very regularly. The chorus was, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say, which is a lovely, beautiful hymn until you listen to that and you're like, wait a minute, what if I don't want to? <laughs> for a lot of people leaving that high control group, trying to understand what do I actually want? Who am I? What makes me happy is really shocking. And there's also a lot of lessons most people learn in high school, college, how to kiss or at what point have you had too many drinks and you need to go home? Sometimes in a high control group, that never happened. And you have to learn those lessons very quickly. You're playing a lot of catch up. For you, what was the moment or situation that made you want to leave the high controlled group? For me, there was a lot of homophobia that was always present, but it was in 2015 policies came out that were very explicit. And I remember sitting in the church and imagining if I have a son who is gay or a daughter who's gay, I don't want them in this room. I don't want them hearing this. I would die before I would let a child of mine hear that message. That's horrible. And that is not the love that we are always told that God has for us. And then I thought, okay, but I have friends who are gay who I love. I can't be part of something that hates them. I won't sit back. What was it like when you left? Was this a, an environment where you were living within the community? What was that like to leave? I was living in New York and um, my roommate was a member of the church as well. And she was wonderful. She's a wonderful person. She was very supportive. She was a little confused, but was very supportive. Just by sheer coincidence, I happened to live two doors down the block from the church. So on Sundays, I had to like sneak out of my apartment to make sure I didn't like run into someone being like, I'm in my yoga clothes right now, not a church dress. Bye. How have you healed? Like what has been something that's, you know, really helpful with moving past that incredibly, I'm sure, very traumatizing experience? Therapy. Being in my own therapy has been so incredible. The way that I got involved working with people with left groups as well is I would hear horror stories of other therapists who would say things or do things or just didn't understand. And that's when I really became became very passionate about working with high control group ex-members because there is such a unique situation. And in helping them, I've also helped myself quite a bit. You get to really embrace living life on my own terms. You've had to build your identity again, which is really exciting, but also terrifying. I mean, like you said, it's like getting dumped into a pool with no floaties and really no boundaries. And I just read a study that was like, this is so random, but it was like they put a group of rats in a controlled environment where there were borders and boundaries and found that it was like a really healthy thing. Like these rats were like thriving. And then they put these rats in a big open container and it was just like chaos. And I think sometimes, sometimes, you know, rules can be great, but not when it is controlling and clearly not a healthy environment at all. You know, the average listener probably has no experience. Well, I could say 98% of the people listening to this podcast have had no high control Mm -hmm. group experiences. What's something you would want them to know about maybe helping people who've decided to leave them or control groups in, in general? It's not only stupid people who join groups. One of my dear friends said, I could never join a cult. I'm just too smart for that. And I was like, oh, the fuck up. <laughs> but I've heard things like that all the time. Well, I would never be dumb enough to fall for that. Or my gosh, why wouldn't you just leave? Nobody joins a cult thinking, you know, it'd be great to destroy my entire life. That sounds so fun. People join because they're desperate for something and the group offers it or offers a pathway to it. But if we can look at someone who's seeking something and treat them with compassion and kindness, and instead of saying, oh, they must be an idiot to do that, maybe saying something like, what hurt is so painful right now that the only soothing you can find is in this group. Can I help you find solace elsewhere? Mm, That's so good. For you, was this something you grew up in or was this something you chose later in life? I joined on my own when I was in college and I was in the group for seven years. Would you have defined it as a quote unquote cult when you walked into those doors? No. And I remember asking them, I've heard this is a cult, is it? Of course, they were like, 
No, of course not. There were certainly moments when I was like, oh, this is a little weird. But at the time, I was so desperate Mm. for a place to belong. And it gave me that, that I was willing to quiet any doubts I had. What were some of the things that really struck you as odd in this environment? A lot of the resistance to any questioning. There was a a quote from one of the church leaders who said, when we speak, we being the white male leaders, the discussion is closed. That's the end of it. I was like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. And when I actually spoke up about that, I was called a dangerous apostate, which is a claim to fame I'm very proud of. (laughs) You should get that like tattooed as a tramp stamp. I know. Feels very much like Salem witch trials. They're all burning the witches. And if you're a woman who dares to question, it's like, "Mm, not your place. Exactly. And just like in the Salem witch trials, what are your options here? Either you say, yes, I am a witch. So they kill you or you say, I'm not a witch and they kill you. What are you supposed to do in that situation? What's um, a final message of hope? Like, let's say for the 2% of people listening who have maybe experienced this in real life, like what's something you would tell them to maybe make that choice to leave or if they are deciding to stay in it, like what's something you would tell them? Trust yourself that there is hope on the other side and you are the boss of yourself. Faith Jones actually just came out with a book, Sex Cult Nun, and she has this really great explanation of recognizing that you own yourself and you belong to yourself. And if you can do that, no one else can take that from you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this firsthand experience. As hard as I'm sure it was, it is a unique experience. And I know you've already helped so many people by sharing your story and helping them get the mental health and support that they need. So thank you for coming on and sharing with my audience. Thank you so much for having me. This was a real pleasure. Thank you.